a desert planet with twin suns. Why do I sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? Use my knowledge. Much to learn, you still Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Liu. Thank you so much for listening, and welcome to this month's edition of The Ability to Speak Does Not Make You Intelligent. The Ability to Speak Does Not Make You Intelligent. On this month, we have my brother, Jeb. Jeb, how are you doing? Pretty good. Glad to be back on here. Glad to have you back. And then on for the first time, we have Mr. John Duran. John, how are you feeling? I'm, I'm delighted to be included in this podcast. We're delighted to have you. Um, so since this is your first time on, uh, like I do with all of my guests, I'm going to need a quick profile of you as a Star Wars fan. So if you would give me your uh, favorite Star Wars movie, favorite character, favorite show, and if you could have a lightsaber, what color would it be? All right, so favorite movie, pretty straightforward, Revenge of the Sith. Love Just, it. You know, it's a classic choreography everything about it of course um it actually has my favorite score soundtrack of any of the movies interesting um very good yeah we can talk about that later and then favorite character darth maul actually definitely my favorite character love that love that maul's maul's amazing that's that's super cool to hear i like that a lot yeah yeah i love his character development it's Mm -hmm. because you can go from like despising or well i guess in the beginning you don't really care you don't, you don't like him because he's sith but then you forget yeah. about him then you remember him and you don't like him at all and then you kind of like him and then you hate him and then at the end of it all you have mixed feelings so mm-hmm. that's why it i is, like it is, yeah it is incredible how much they were able to develop him within the confines of the clone wars after having him be just like a two-line kind of just cool looking character in phantom menace that just kind of got killed off like it was nothing but yeah, no, I love Maul as a character, and I think that his development in the Clone Wars is one of the best reasons to watch it. Um, mm-hmm. So completely agree. That's amazing. Um, yeah. What about your favorite show? Favorite show? Probably the Clone Wars. I mean, Rebels would have been a little more contesting if not for Season 7. I really liked Season 7 of Clone Wars. Um, I, so I, just, I have to go with that. Yeah, I mean, that's very valid. Yeah. That's very uh, fair. Love that. Love that. Yeah. And then lightsaber color. Last up. Honestly, just the classic blue. I don't know. Like sometimes the yellow bothers me. Sorry, Jeb. Yeah, um, it's unfortunate. It's fine. I don't know. I I, I like the guardians. Um, That's fair. But uh, I really like the blue. Classic. Yeah. yeah. I'm just gonna say, there's nothing wrong with with the classic look. The the, the warriors of the Jedi. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think blue's awesome as well. Um, well, that's awesome. And kind of like you said, we're going to be talking about music in this podcast, which is super exciting. This is something I've wanted to do for a while. And uh, John probably knows or is familiar with the most Star Wars music out of any of my Star Wars fan, uh, friends. So uh, I had to bring him on for that uh, for this episode. So without further ado, let's dive into This Is Where the Fun Begins. This is where the fun begins. So in this segment, we're going to go through our top five uh, favorite scores. So I'm going to do this a little differently than I did in the past with top five favorite Jedi, just to get this segment to move a little faster. And that's, I'm going to have us just read our top five real fast from five to one. Um, so in ascending order, and then we'll discuss them 
after that. Um, yeah. if that makes sense, just so we're not like, just so, so, so it moves a little faster. So, yeah. uh, if one of y'all would like to start, then that'd be fantastic. John, it's your first time. I'll go ahead. Okay. So starting at five, I have Anakin's theme. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of an uncommon one Four. that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Four battle of the heroes, <laughs> Love a little bit more common. Mm-hmm. Three, um, the love pledge in the arena. Okay. Okay. Got it. Two. Is that, uh, is that similar? Sorry, I'm going to stop you. No, go ahead. Is that similar to Across the Stars? The yes. Da, so. Da, 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 da. Yes. So the arena is technically what you would call the clone march theme, and then love pledge. It. It's really not a score per se. It's more of a song that John Williams mm-hmm. put on his soundtrack. Got but it. it's basically okay. across the stars and the arena put together. Mm, okay. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Very cool. Okay. No, I, was just, I was just curious. But yeah, I <laughs> know. Okay. So, uh, yeah, next up. Um, the second one is Duel of the Fates. And uh, Love it. I don't, yeah, I don't need to explain that. And then the first one is Star Wars and the Revenge of the Sith. Damn. Okay. Very nice. Great. I like that a lot. And we, we had talked before this. You said you didn't feel like you could put anything that wasn't John Williams on this list. So would you like to add any honorable mentions that might uh, be done by the likes of like Ludwig Gorenson or Kevin Kiner or anybody like that? Certainly. So off the bat, Book of Boba Fett, the main theme is actually my most played song this year out of all music. Um, I, I don't know why. I just love that oh, theme. Love you can it's listen very, to it very day. tribal. Yeah, yeah. No. yeah. It pumps it pumps you up. It's really cool. I like that a lot. Um and yeah, no. It's definitely like up there for me. It's maybe not in my top it's five, it, yeah. but I, I like it a lot. It's it's a really, really hype theme. Um yeah. that's awesome. And and we can talk about any other honorable mentions you may have uh, after after we get through these top, Absolutely. top fives. So yeah. uh Jeb, why don't you give yours? All right. So starting off at um five I have um, the Bad Batch, Bad Batch theme. It's Love just, it. it's just so good. It's just, it's very it's, good. It's so I completely good. agree. Um, four, I've got um, uh, Imperial March, just classic. Just, just have to love it. Um, three, Battle of Heroes, Battle of Heroes. Very high. It's, it's just, it's, it's so good. Um, two, Mandalorian, and then. One dull fates, just because. Yeah, I like that. Can't Ours are very it. similar, yeah. Jeb, as you might might expect. Yeah, that's. Um, a, I was I was kind of afraid of that. So I'll, I'll speed run speed run mine really quick. So number five for me is Imperial March, uh, okay. classic, iconic, gets me pumped every time I hear it. Uh, Battle of the Heroes is number four, same as you, John. Uh, it's a great, great score, very emotional. I love the horns in it. It's really, yeah. really awesome. Uh, three is Binary Sunset. So the Force theme, yeah. uh, whenever Luke's staring off, contemplating his his purpose within the galaxy. Uh, number two, Duel of the Fates. You really can't beat it, except for my number one, which is the Mandalorian theme. Um, so I personally feel feel very justified in putting it up there, just because I feel like you you really can't beat uh ludwig's work there so those are mine which is kind of almost a mix of y'all's minus binary sunset yeah um yeah but uh but yeah so let's go through these kind of individually so 
I think all of us had Battle of the Heroes. Um, And that's a really iconic theme. Probably one that's a little underrated of the ones that I think we all said because it's probably a little less recognizable than like an iconic Imperial um, March, or Imperial March, or Duel of the Fates, or something like that. But it's it's very um, emotional. It's what plays over Anakin and Obi Wan's fight on Mustafar, kind of through that initial portion of it. Um, so yeah, what are, Yoda and in between, yeah, in between Yoda yeah. and Palpatine. And and I'm gonna be adding these uh, over over our conversation in post. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, what what are y'all's thoughts? Why why is that on y'all's list? I mean, I guess I'll start off by just saying the way it starts is very cool because when you have kind of this tense conversation between Obi-Wan and Anakin mm-hmm. um, after the encounter with Padme, um, yeah. you can feel the tensions rising and it's right before kind of the climax where they just start going at it and he takes his cloak off and around that portion of time is when they start to play the theme. And it's just kind of, it's just the strings. Yeah. Um, and the string instruments come in and play this kind of and it's, mm-hmm. yeah, that kind of gets you tense. Um, yeah. And it's very powerful. And I will say when I watch that movie, I'm always looking forward to that moment and I really never get tired of it. It just, it's always so fascinating. Um, the horns too are fantastic. There's some really complex, yeah things that are very hard to master mm-hmm. it's 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 such an impressive piece most definitely yeah. most definitely and yeah i agree like kind of the 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 choppiness and i i don't know any like technical music terms um, <laughs> but like choppiness of the of the strings at the very beginning is is super i agree it, it's it's almost like kind of it, it builds anxiety for mm-hmm. for what's about to come and then the horns are almost very like regal and very uh ceremonial in a way yeah so it's kind of a cool juxtaposition there um jeb what are your thoughts i wish that i had more to say but it's just so like emotional like yeah it's just so much emotion that's tied to all of the music so i just i just i I like it there's no there's no no really nothing nothing more that i have to say about that but (laughs) yeah and i mean the association with that plus like just the context of the movie itself i mean they all just kind of enhance each other and obviously star wars wouldn't be star wars without john williams work but um right definitely just like i mean that's my favorite lightsaber duel i mean i think yeah. that adds a lot to my enjoyment of the song so um but that being said one of the coolest things about that fight in my opinion is that we transition from that music and somewhere in the middle um of the fight both between obi-wan and bet- obi-wan and anakin and between sidious and yoda we transition into the duel of the fates which is one that was also on all of our lists and this one is just i'd say one of the most iconic um of any star wars themes uh definitely the most iconic from from the prequels i would argue and um yeah i'd love to hear y'all's thoughts on that one as well mm-hmm. Yeah, once again, Jeb, you want to stop or, or Jeb, John, go honestly, yeah, Jeb, go ahead. Jeb, I think you should. No, start no, this no, I don't. Well, I don't have the thing is, like, I don't really have much reason for liking these. Things. I just like them, you know? Like, yeah. Duel of the Fates, like, I just love vocals so much. And, like, it's yeah. just, I mean, 
it's just so cool. It's just so swelling, like, you know, like it really yeah. fills you up. Kind of, so. Yeah. And I think the chorus is a big thing. And I, I totally forgot to mention that for Battle of the Heroes, but chorus yeah. is very important with Star Wars music because a lot of it is kind of, mm-hmm. it makes it sort of mystical and ominous and it makes the themes it kind of balances the darkness of themes because with yeah. Duel of the Fates, you see Maul as more of this ominous character. And while he may seem slightly insignificant, considering you've only watched The Phantom Menace and nothing else, mm-hmm. he actually has a huge role in all of Star yeah. Wars, which I think mm-hmm. John Williams somehow, I don't know if he secretly did this or not, but he made one of his best themes for that character, um, which yeah. so happens to be my favorite character. Um, mm-hmm. Once again, the, you know, the, the rhythmic beating of the strings in the beginning and the horns, the horns are so punchy. Um, mm-hmm. And it's such a good fight. I always remember that one scene where they're fighting and Obi-Wan does that weird head move. That's completely pointless. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's actually very interesting. That's like showing how in sync he is with Qui-Gon because he kind of like tries to juke out Maul and like draw an attack where um, where it might draw Maul towards him or change Maul's stance in such a way that it would open him up to get struck down by Qui-Gon. Mm-hmm. So I, if, if, if we're talking about the same thing, I'm pretty sure because that's kind of near the yeah. beginning of the fight before they get into the bridges and stuff. Yeah. Um, and the power reactor, yeah. So that's actually a very, um, a very uh, strategic move yeah. on, okay. on, on, on Obi-Wan's part. So yeah. yeah, same thing with Battle of the Heroes. Whenever uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin like twirl their lightsabers and they're not hitting each other's blades, that's actually uh, a sword fighting technique where you, you kind of like evade your opponent's blade and wait for them to make a move. Um, we see that a lot in Princess Bride, I think, right? We do. We do see it in Princess Bride. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so that's an actual thing. People bash on it for being kind of dumb, but it, it's it's a legitimate thing that people do. Mm-hmm. Um, and Duel of the Fates, the title of it is actually rather interesting too because um, it represents the fate of Anakin Skywalker as uh, explained by Dave Filoni. Um, he actually says like, because if it, it represents the fate of Anakin because if Qui-Gon were to survive that, then he might not have, he being Anakin might not have gone down the same dark path that he ends up going down in the like central storyline, right? Because Qui-Gon is probably the ideal master for him, for someone like Anakin, because he understands his attachment and he represents the will of the force rather than the will of the Jedi and stuff like that. And so I think that that's super interesting uh, insight into that fight as well, that it's not only the fate of Qui-Gon and the fate of Maul, also the fate of of anakin and therefore the galaxy proper so um so yeah fascinating I mean, but it's a it, it's Very it's a really really great piece um and then john i'm do you have imperial imperial march on yours or not i do not and i hate to do it but i just feel like it's right where it needs to be um everyone loves it but everyone knows it. Everyone knows yeah. it. And if you notice, pretty much every single theme, I, I'm t- technically excluding Star Wars, 
the main theme is from the prequels. Um, and yeah, I think that that's fair. I think that's when John did his best work for star Wars. Yeah. And I mean, that's also nice. the interesting thing is you were talking about like the significance of the chorus in star Wars music. I'm pretty sure that's only in the prequels. I'm not, I'm pretty sure that most of the music from the, uh, from the original trilogy doesn't have, that's, doesn't it, have that. I think you're completely right. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think it goes to show that really the original trilogy is so different from the prequels in the sense that the prequels are very like, they're a little more modern feeling, but they are not as beautiful as the original trilogy. When you go back and watch the original trilogy, especially with the music, you notice how just like kind of sometimes quiet it is. And for instance, on Endor, you'll hear birds chirping, this and that. All the themes are really quiet and classic but maybe the most classic you get in the prequels might be across the stars Um, yeah Mm -hmm. that is that is a little more ot vibes because yeah it's like all strings rather than horns and everything else so i mean yeah no would, would completely agree but i mean imperial march for me like and I'll go into, I have like a top 10 that I, I'll go through once we're done discussing these. But um, it, it's up there with like the main title, in my opinion, yeah. where it's like, it's just, it makes me feel like I'm watching Star Wars. And it's just like a very safe, but also not safe because I mean, it's Vader, but like, it's like just a real nostalgic feeling, which which I can't quite shake, which I really, really love. Um, Jebby, any anything that uh, just kind of i i'm in the same spot as i am with everything else like i i like it and that's why i like it you know <laughs> of course no respect. <laughs> respect uh john why don't you go through anakin's theme because I, I honestly i can't picture it in my mind so if you would kind of explain your your enjoyment for that yeah so it's really only used in the phantom menace because um I, I recommend listening to it. It's definitely one of the more classics. It reminds me of Across the Stars. It's basically, it goes to show the transition of Anakin throughout the three movies. Um, I guess okay. technically four, because the Imperial March would be Anakin in some sense. Um, yeah. But this is his earliest stage where he's young. And if you notice, when you listen to that piece, it's very... It's very... Um, young feeling because it uses the flute a lot okay typically the flute would be associated with young beauty um so it's very heavily employed in howard shore's theme for the lord of the rings Um, and that's just because you know mostly for elves and hobbits um which would represent young beauty or youth and also Mm -hmm. innocence and so i think he employs that a lot for Anakin's theme, because Anakin is at this point really innocent. And, you know, like you said, with Duel of the Fates, his fate is being decided in that movie. So I I just find it so beautiful and so unique. Um, It kind of is a tie to the original trilogy's music, um, but it's definitely more full. Like a lot of the trilogy is what I would call empty music, where you might have two instruments playing really quiet sound. But the whole piece is, you know, several instruments playing pretty loud sound. It's just more beautiful. Um, it's pretty uncommon to hear that one. Um, it's certainly not like Imperial March when they play it 
in every movie, maybe once yeah. every yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. So less of a reoccurring theme and more of a, uh, individual, like specific to that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I'll definitely give that a listen and I'll have that playing in, in the actual, in the actual released version of this podcast. But, um, but very nice indeed. I don't think neither of y'all had binary sunset, right? No. Something about that. It just really, it hits, it hits different. You know, it's a very, it's, it's, it's an in the feels song more than anything else. But I think that my enjoyment for it, it's just, once again, very emotional. I love what it represents. I love that moment. Cause like, that's one of John or not John, um, George Lucas's favorite scenes from all of star Wars is that scene of Luke staring off into the into the twin sunset and um and just yeah it's it's kind of that like that that element of mysticism and kind of um just like contemplating what your future holds whether or not there's something grander or greater for you out there within the greater universe um and i think that that's just a really really cool thing and also something that's really unique to star wars and that like that grandness and the the scope that it encompasses uh within within the grander universe so um and also whenever i was making a fan film or a fan series uh i found this like really cool heavy metal version of it that like oh boy like it, it 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 goes hard man like it's like it, like some of them because there's also like a heavy metal version of Duel of Fates Battle of the Heroes, those were like a little too aggressive in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But like the, the heavy binary heavy. sunset one yeah. was like yeah. it was more of like it was more just like a long guitar solo than anything else. So it's just like the dun 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 being played like on an just on an electric with nothing else really in it. Like it was really cool. Obviously I didn't finish that fan series, but but that that that's my love Never for reached that. the light of day. No. Uh, Jeb, do you want to talk about the Bad Batch theme? It's just, like, feels, like, swashbuckly and, like, just really cool. That's why, I mean, I have it in five. Like, it's, it's, it's obviously, it's, it's so good. And, like, Kevin Kiner did such a good job. It's, it's him, right? Kevin Kiner? Yes. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. Kevin. Um, but, yeah. Just, like, when, did we hear it in the trailer or was that in, like, the first episode that we heard it for the first time. It's I don't, I don't it's think it just the, the it's the first. I mean, it happens a lot of the times. Like it's it's very common in the Bad Batch arc in the Clone Wars. Yeah, and then it also comes up a lot. Oh, the, it was uh, whenever they they came in with their with the Marauder or whatever. Right? Yes, yeah, yeah. The, the first time we meet him is the first time it, we, it yeah it happens, and then it also happens a lot whenever they're like having like these big sweeping battle scenes. Mm-hmm. And then it just like pans through all of them doing their individual cool things. And it's like, dun, 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 dun. Um, but yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah. It's very like militant as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it also has that kind of edge of like kind of the rogueness of uh, the Bad Batch. Cause it's not quite as buttoned up as like the clones theme. Yeah. Um, but, but it still has that element of like military, like kind of like, might is the best word that i could i yeah. think of to describe it yeah there are a um, lot of like sorry no you're good there are a lot of like clean endings so it's like dun 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 dun, dun. like so it's yeah. just like it's not like really like you know, I don't know. yeah so I'm not that. 
Thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, I had I had the Bad Batch theme as my number ten on my on my top ten. So I, yeah. I really love it too. Um, it's it's really awesome. Uh, what what was the other one, John? What what of yours have we not gone over? Um, hmm. probably the Love Mate. Barge in the Arena. Yes. Yeah. 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 Go, go, go through that if, if you would. I mean, obviously at the beginning of that one, um, this is from episode two and the beginning of that and the way he does the soundtracks, by the way, like he just records it kind of based on the scene, but it's going to be different than what's actually in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it starts out with the love theme, which is across the stars. Um, mm-hmm. technically this would be after or towards the end. So after the battle on, um, Geonosius, um, and basically it's their wedding. And then where Bale, Organa and the senators are all staring over the, you know, where the clones are getting on ships yeah. and all that. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's most, it's actually most clearly used when Anakin's marching at the 501st on the temple. Um, oh, okay. interesting. That's yeah, which is interesting. They use it a lot in episode three. Um, it's very, very used in episode three, even though it's an episode two um, song. It's one of the only ones that they really reuse, kind of like um, Imperial March. But yeah. yeah, it goes off with the love theme, and obviously everyone loves the love theme. It's really good. It's beautiful. It's classic. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, innocent love. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. the arena is very, you know, militant, like you exactly. said about Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd say there are like two really good parts about it. Number one, it's got a really good beat. So you want to march mm-hmm. to it naturally. Um, but the best part about it is definitely the horns. I mean, the horns just hit mm-hmm. so hard when I listen to that because um, they're so deep and heavy, um, which I think conveys just the sheer size of the clone army. Um, I mean, there's a million more on the way. Um, yeah. And then there's also like higher pitched punchy, um, horns, which I think more so convey the individual skill of the clones and the, Hmm. the meaning to each one of them. They're not battle droids. And that's also, you know, the droid theme I will say is an honorable mention, but I'll I'll mention that later. That one's also really good. Most definitely. That's that's super cool insight, and that's yeah. not something I would have come to the table with. But that's yeah, awesome. This is why John's here, guys. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't I couldn't carry an episode like this by myself. But um, but awesome. That's super cool, and I'll definitely give those a listen too. Because once again, I know I know the across the stars, and I know that I know Anakin's march on the temple too. But I think that that might be a little. Is that the same thing as what you're talking about, or is that a little different? I think it might be different. I I don't remember that. I don't, I don't listen to that one a lot, but it's probably the same. Because I know like that shot when you see him walk up the stairs and the clones are behind him, yeah. that's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. Okay. Got so it. it's actually that, probably the same thing. Something that I didn't put on my list, but something that just came into my mind is that the Order 66 score is really awesome. That's, mm-hmm. I would put that as an I mean, all of the music is awesome. I would say that like Ray's theme and Kylo's theme from the sequels are really awesome. I mean, they're really great too, yeah. Really good. The new, the new Obi Wan theme is really awesome. Like, there's a lot of yeah. stuff that we could talk about. Um, but, uh, okay, what else have we not gone through? We haven't talked about the Mandalorian theme. Yeah. Um, which is fantastic. And I would, I would encourage everyone to go and listen or watch the, uh, the Mandalorian gallery 
uh, which is a behind the scene mini series on Disney Plus about the making of The Mandalorian. For season one, they had like a lot of individual episodes about different aspects of production. One of them mm-hmm. was about music and kind of Ludwig Göransson's uh, process behind developing uh, the scores and the music for the show. And when I say that it's one of the most fascinating so things fascinating. ever, um, like just, I, I don't understand how composers are able to do what they do. Like my brain just is not capable yeah. of creating like unique yeah, no. and iconic scores the way that they do. I mean, it's like, it's, it's really incredible, but just the, like just between the flute and kind of the, the slow build up until the, the dun dun. And then the way that it just swells into the rest of it. I mean, it's just, it gets me hyped every single time. And I've loved it since the very first time I listened to it. Um, but, uh, but Jeb. Yeah. Um, yeah, (laughs) I, I'm I'm pretty useless in this episode. I'll tell you that. I I just I just like what I like, don't like what I don't like, and then that's just how I kind of tackle music gripping in general. So <laughs> That's fair. I mean, yeah. I I don't have like I can talk about lyrics all day long. But none of these songs have lyrics. Yeah. Like it's like course, like I can but... talk about like yeah, like things with lyrics, like poetry. Like that's good. Like I like that. And I, I, I will save that for my more, but I have a more about about some of the the lyrics from some of these songs, yeah. Um, which which I will talk about later. But Is, uh, isn't "Duel of the Fates" yeah. taken from like a famous poem or something? Shh, 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 shh. John, John, you're spoiling my more. Um, but uh, <laughs> yes, stay tuned for the end of this, and and we will talk about. That. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, John. Did I skip anything? You you were you your number one was the the main title. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty self-explanatory. I mean, yeah, iconic in every way. Yeah. Like I think everyone knows that that's Star Wars. Even if and they just, have literally never is. watched any like a second of Star Wars, they know that that's Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's my number six on my on my top ten. I mean, it's just it evokes a very specific emotion, just whenever it's. At, at right after a long time ago in a galaxy far far away and just the fanfare going off i mean it's it's very special yeah but i'll let you discuss that john yeah i mean my two favorite versions of it because they're different for all six because typically when he releases the soundtrack it it will include like an eight minute version of it which would include okay. the opening scene so like in a, in a new hope it includes the Star Destroyer, and it includes everything up to Vader coming into the tunnel, I think. Wow, okay. Um, oh. dun, dun, dun. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that one's really good. Empire Strikes Back is, is it's pretty good. Um, but mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith is by far my favorite one because almost instantly after the fanfare stops, it pans over the Battle of Coruscant. And it, yeah, yeah. You get with general the, with the drums. Yeah, you get General Grievous's theme. You get, um, I don't think you get Anakin and Obi Wan's theme, but it, it's very intense, very intense. I mean, I can picture that very clearly. Like whenever, it, yeah, it comes down over the Venator yeah. Star Destroyer, and there's the don don yeah don don, and then yeah, I mean that one of my favorite opening sequences in any movie. 
is the Battle of Coruscant. I just think it's fantastic. So very, very strong indeed. Um, Jeb, did I skip any of yours? Um, One moment, please. Because I think Bad Batch was really the only one that was yeah. on mine yeah that that's all i think that's, that's the all. rest of them were on mine and then binary sunset was was another one of mine so I, i'll go through my my other ones real quick uh ahsoka's theme is my number seven solid which it's it's very it's a very interesting one that i heard kevin kiner talk about where he added like an interesting minor key in there or minor chord um that i i don't know but i mean but it, like it made it just a little different because it's very similar to the uh the force theme but um but it has that little extra sort of like innocent playfulness that and but it also has like a sort of mature gravitas from that from the minor chord that he added in there's a lot of stuff i would encourage you to go listen to the behind the scenes commentary of kevin kiner because i mean he has a lot of interesting thoughts on like how he tried to emulate george luke or uh john williams sound but still make the show its own thing and still make his uh, compositions its own thing without like reusing a bunch of the same stuff. Yeah. Um, and also like the whole like premise of, especially in like Mandalorian season two, really the only bit of John Williams music that you hear is the force theme at the very end, whenever Luke um, reveals his face and lifts his hood. And they were very intentional about that too, because that it, even if you don't realize it, it, evokes a very specific emotion Mm -hmm. and i think that that's super cool that they they're very intentional about where they where they add those themes in yeah um number eight's the book of boba theme which we already talked about it's very tribal very um like aggressive but also super super cool uh theme very unique to star wars and i think it fits very well and also the reign of boba fett um, which is like the dun 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 dun. Yeah. That's like more um, from Mando season two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a banger too, which I really like. Uh, number nine's across the stars, which we talked about a lot. It's the love theme. Uh, that's really string heavy. It's got some oboe in there. Um, just beautiful. And then number ten's the bad batch thing, which we already talked about. So, uh, and are any honorable mentions from you, gentlemen? Nope. <laughs> I, I mean, I have a few that I'll quickly go over. Um, Kevin Kiner's Burying the Dead, which he plays. That's the final song of the Clone Wars, which I think is perfect yeah. because the Clone Wars ends in a really somber, solemn vibe. Um, and yeah. that, that theme perfectly conveys that. Um, yeah. Great way to end it. Like you said, Ray's theme and Kylo's mm-hmm. theme. Ray's theme actually gives me like some Harry Potter vibes. Um, I agree. Most definitely, most definitely. yeah. Yeah, which I, I like, you know. And John Williams wrote that theme too, and I kind of think he may yeah. have intentionally done that. Because, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, the sequels are a little bit more magical in some sense. Yeah. Um, force healing. <laughs> yeah. Especially with a character like Ray, where you don't know too much about her, so that kind of like, it's once again very playful, but also pretty like mysterious in a way so you it kind of encapsulates her character pretty well so yeah completely agree very light um yeah gosh um i mean there's one called a new hope and in credits it's the fine it's the in credit one i I was gonna put that one on the top five but it's kind of cheating because it basically 
combines Battle of the Heroes, Throne Room End Title, Binary Sunset, <laughs> and Grievous's theme all into one piece. So it's oh wow, it's kind of cheating. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like 13 minutes long. It's it's insane. Jeez, oh wow, that's wild. Yeah. Uh, hey, it's pretty cool though. I mean that that's yeah. that's a great way to to get around that because I mean I yeah I just kind of threw my list together. I didn't really listen to anything. So yeah, I mean <laughs> that's wild. That's exactly. Um, I did mention the droid theme, the droid invasion. Yeah. Yes. He, he uses that a lot in the first movie. Like, I remember yep. going back and watching it and I was like, wow, he uses that a lot. Anytime the droids are doing anything. And it's kind of like the arena. Um, mm-hmm. But it also, it interestingly enough, has a lot of Indiana Jones vibes to it. Okay. That's um, super cool. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of that. Uh, I won't talk about it too much. It's very similar to the arena. Um, uh, trust me, I love the, yeah. the droid, that like the invasion theme is yeah. what I would call it. Yeah. But like, yeah. yeah, no, that that feels a lot like Star Wars to me too. And that's one that I didn't even yeah. think about. Yeah. Do you think that like he used it like a lot in the first movie? Because to show that like the droids are super like, mon- like don't have any depth to them or anything. Like there's nothing that, there's nothing to them so, kind of. Like, yeah. And also at that point in time, you have to think like, I often forget about it just because I know everything that happens in Star Wars at that point. But yeah. the droids are the only large-scale army at that point. And so they're yeah. very kind of freaky. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's it's nothing to them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, at that point, that's actually an interesting point. The the Rusan Reformation kind of decentralized military uh, forces and and made it so that there wouldn't ever be a centralized military force within the republic it would only be individual planetary militias which obviously got overturned uh during the clone wars whenever whenever there was a large-scale conflict where they yeah. needed an actual army yeah. um but uh but yeah super interesting indeed uh any other thoughts i don't i don't know that i've exhausted yeah. my list necessarily but i didn't write anything else down i mean there's a lot of really cool stuff and just their, their intentionality once again with with how they use the music is super cool but i can talk about that after yeah uh, i agree y'all don't have anything else yeah there's also the there's the it's called panaka and the queen's protectors it's the one that plays over um and lego star wars on the level where you're getting queen amidala out of naboo to the hangar bay it re- yeah. it plays repeatedly over that and i got stuck on that level several times so i heard it so much but that one's That's also good because it starts with a really punchy horn and it, yeah it's kind of like battle of the heroes where the horns are so complex and you can tell it's very hard to play but that's also one of my yeah. one of my favorites most definitely. That's cool. super cool. Yeah. Uh, I that that's another thing is the clones from from Kevin Kiner. The clones theme is super super impactful. And Jeb and I just watched the Bad Batch recently, and there's the scene whenever Hauser's going out to confront his uh, his troops, and the clone theme plays like it's just a single horn playing the the clone the theme. the clone theme, and it's super impactful. Like it's like it's it's like a, oh man, especially if you know what's about to happen. Yeah. Um, and that being said, like within the Clone Wars, I love hearing because um, you know every Clone Wars episode, almost every Clone Wars episode ends with the da da da. Like it's like it's very jarring, 
and it's like it's very similar to to actual star wars where it's like the big fanfare at the very end where it's kind of like that's the end of the story but um dave filoni was very intentional once again with that there was only a couple episodes that didn't end with that fanfare one of which is ahsoka leaving um yeah and he said that he he actually didn't tell anybody that that was going to be how it ended like with with all the mock-ups and everything like all the storyboarding meetings and all the the pre-res animations and everything they had the normal just like da da like at the very end and in the first showing of the final product he had like where it just kind of fades to black and then it's the ahsoka leaves theme which is just all strings and it's so sad and beautiful yeah yeah um but yeah between that and like the last episode of season six which was yeah. the last episode of clone wars for a while with yoda. yoda and, um, and windu talking yeah yoda windu and obi-wan and obi-wan yeah um and uh under the century that, that, that's another big one yeah no a <laughs> whoop um but uh between that and then like also burying the dead at the very end of the clone wars as well um they're very intentional about when they don't use that fan filler and it's very very impactful when they don't mm-hmm. um so i appreciate that but yeah. um but yeah, John, do you have any other thoughts about the, the utilization of music throughout Star Wars? Yeah, I mean, that the theme for Clone Wars, that, the ending fanfare, um, the intro to Rebels and the outro to Rebels, I think are actually all written by John Williams. Um, and they're all part of the end titles to New Hope. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, very is, cool. Yeah, they're, they're so original, actually, and you would never expect it, but... Mm-hmm. They're kind of all, like you said, renditions of the main fanfare for Star Wars. Yeah. Which I love. It, it, the interesting thing about the Clone Wars theme is that like, if you listen to it from season to season, it gets a lot more grand yeah. as you uh, as you go. And um, like, because in the first one, it's like they have the, yeah. it's really just a single horn that's playing the regular like, dun, 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 dun. But then, like later on, it gets to be like more of a full orchestra sounding yeah. uh, score, which is which is really cool to see that progression of. And I think that for a couple episodes, I think specifically the arc where Ahsoka is getting framed and stuff, they actually used a full symphony to do all the music for those episodes, which I think is very. You're not necessarily going to notice it, but you yeah. do notice it. Like on a subconscious yeah. level, it's very apparent, and um, and. I mean, just the amount of detail and the amount of care that they put into that show to really make it feel like Star Wars is really, really incredible. Because, I mean, like a full symphony for a kid's cartoon on Cartoon Network. Yeah. Like that's unheard of. And it also, once again, I I brought this up. I was going to say, I brought this up in older episodes. Like the Clone Wars did not do well monetarily. Like it was very much a, a passion project of George Lucas's that did not was not very lucrative um and obviously it's it's very beloved but at the same time like the means did not meet the ends for that show like they put a lot into it yeah uh, and did not see a reciprocal amount of of profit from it so uh it's it's an amazing thing and i'm so glad that they did it but i mean man the scale of it is just huge yeah Especially season seven, 
Oh yeah, the graphics, oh, yeah. the animation they went all out. They went all out. It's insane. It's so good. And I, so one good. thing I will say is, I think that really inspired a lot of hard work with things like Bad Batch, um, where you take a single season but you make it near perfect, which I really yeah. like. Yeah, I mean that animation quality. It's just insane on a nice. Like, TV. It looks real. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, looking at especially like all the scenes on Ryloth, like it looks like the Grand real, Canyon. <laughs> it looks like the Grand Canyon. Like it's like it, it is beautiful, and I mean, props to the animation team. And I was talking to Jeb. Like I love that Bad Batch is literally like Dave Filoni's way of tricking Disney into letting him do more Clone Wars. <laughs> I think I might have said that to y'all last night. Yeah, yeah. we watched. Ken- yeah. We, we all watched Kenobi last night. Um, but, uh, with Zach Brzezinski, shout out. Woo-hoo. With, yeah, uh, shout out Zach. Um, he'll listen to this eventually. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's just wild how high quality everything is with those shows. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, it's a different level and it makes my heart very happy. Um, but yeah, do y'all have any other thoughts or do y'all want to dive into some super hard Star Wars trivia? Um, I don't, John, you. Yeah, I'm good. All right, bet. So uh, this next thing that we do, I pull questions from this trivia book that I have um, where I was going to start, I was going to take rank of master questions from it, but I started reading it and I was like, this is really hard stuff, like stuff that I don't know. And so I kind of just uh, flipped through, find some uh, random questions and choose them to to ask my guests just because I think it's kind of funny how ridiculously detailed these uh, these questions are. So question number one, how many DBY-827 heavy turbo laser turrets does a Venator-class Star Destroyer have? Is it A, 2, B, 9, C, 7, or D, 8? I would say that it's an even number. Okay. Um, I, I'm actually going to disagree. I think it's an odd number. Okay, we're going to I'll say Well, eight. y'all each have a 50-50 chance at that point. So I'm going so to say Half of them are eight. odd, half of them are even. Jeb says eight. John? I'm going to go with nine. John's going to go with nine. Well, the answer, one of y'all got it correct. And the answer is eight. Oh, Jeb is correct. Yes. Um, yeah, no, they got four on each side. I'm sure they have more guns than that, but that's a very specific kind of turret. So and so, those are the ones that are on the side of the ship, where like, like um, in Nomad Droids, or no, the Droid Adventure, where they're in that room on the abandoned ship. Those yes. huge guns that take the Rhydonium canisters. Is that Could what be. those are? I'm not entirely sure Maybe. if it's that or if it's like the big ones that are on like the top sides of the ships. Right. Mm-hmm. That's you know yeah. what I mean. That like the twin cannons. Yeah. Uh, not entirely sure, but um. But yeah, it's kind of embarrassing that you didn't know that, John. I, yeah, John. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think that I don't, I don't know that you that, could call yourself a Star Wars fan right if you didn't now, know, you know about DBY-827 <laughs> heavy turbo cannons. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyways, moving on to question number two. How many eggs do female Trandoshans lay at one time? Is it six, four, one, or 20? I think that I remember this from a Star Wars theory. I think that it was like four because only one of them survives because he eats all the rest of them so i think that it was four interesting 
I did not hear that episode of Star Wars Theory, but that's no, very I might be completely wrong. But that I think that like the, fair. the strongest one could, like eats all the rest of them. So. And that sounds very yeah. accurate. <laughs> that does sound very accurate. John and I actually talked yesterday about how much he doesn't like Trandoshans. Yeah, so. I don't like them, but I do. But I don't. Yeah. You like Wookies? That's fair. Oh yeah, Wookies are like the yeah. good part of Trandoshans. The Trandoshans yeah. <laughs> were on the light side. But yeah, I'll, I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> I love that theory. I'm going with well, okay. Well, y'all are both correct. It is four. All credit to um, Ken. And that's yes. that's pretty interesting Just insight. Star Wars theory. It's credit to Star Wars theory. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Shout out, yeah. shout out, Star Wars theory. Come on my podcast sometime. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyways, these are all number questions. I'm realizing. But by, by the, the way, next one is. Um, um, have you all heard of Eckhart's Ladder? Yeah, yeah I like it. Like, I was just yeah. making sure. Yeah, that I'm not dumb. no. Eckhart's is cool. Um, yeah, I, I think that he has really cool insight into stuff that I wouldn't think about or like consider in Star Wars. Like, I really like all of his old uh, battle videos where he kind of breaks down different space yeah. battles and stuff. I think that that's really that's cool. cool. Yeah, that's his. Thing. Um, yeah, I think that he's a lot. He's really good for like trivia based topics. Um, theory is really good just for general community and stuff like that i just think that he is really passionate about his stuff and obviously he knows what he's talking about yeah but at this point i really like watching his like nerd theory uh stuff that he does with a guy named josh from den of nerds and stuff like that where it's a little more conversational and just kind of interacting with the with the star wars fandom rather than like doing yeah. stuff uh, that are his like watch parties and stuff like that even though i don't yeah. always agree with him um i still really appreciate that side of his content he definitely knows uh, what he's talking about which yeah, I can for always, sure. for sure, always, for sure. Um, yeah. Um, that being said, and I, I'm, I'm going to give you all a couple more questions because Jeb keeps getting these right, and it's kind of annoying me. So, um, <laughs> how many meals a day did Jabba the Hutt eat? Is it A six, B one, D or C nine, or D twenty three? I think that since he had his little like weird floaty gooey thing, thing right next yeah. to him all the time then i think that it's a pretty big number so i think that I'll, i'm gonna say nine yeah so okay. in that question would it count if he just grabbed a little thing and plopped it in his mouth like is that a meal or i don't know i would personally consider that a snack but like i don't know what java considers a meal yeah, so he doesn't really get excellent off question that. that i don't have an answer to i'm gonna say I'm going to say six. six. Was that, a, that was an option, right? Yeah, it was. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, one of you is correct. And um, it's, it's nine. This is really <laughs> frustrating, actually. Yeah, I know. It's, it's really... Oh, man. It, this, this is really frustrating. Okay. Um, it's, it's kind of embarrassing that y'all don't know this. Like, I mean... I know. I, I'm really bad at myself. Um, <laughs> anyways. Okay. We're, let's, let's, let's do some more because I want Jeb to miss some. Uh what kind of blaster did Django Fett use? Was it A, a Godstar 23, B, a Weststar 34, C, a Yonstar 29, or D, a White Star 34? White Star 34. I want to say Weststar because I feel like his guns are really modeled after a Western kind of vibe because they're very like six shooter kind of theme, kind of made out to be. So I'm going to say the Weststar. That's a lot very better insight than I had. That's a very that's very interesting insight, and one of y'all is correct. Yeah, and it is a Westar thirty four. Yes, congratulations, Good John. Job. Good job. Um, 
I think that one of these is actually the the guns that the Mandalorians use, like Death Watch uses. Okay. I think it might be a White Star is what the Mandalorians, Mandalorians use. use. Okay. I, that or maybe, I, it's either White Star or Yon Star. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- one of those is what the, the Mandalorians use. It's kind of the more like boxy looking yeah. Yeah. blasters. With the, with the yellow um, bullets. With the yellow bolts, yeah, no, it's super cool. But I also love Django Fett's blasters. I think those They're are super so cool. cool, especially with the uh, the the sound effects. The from sound the, effect, from yeah, saga. I was gonna say, so good, so good, so good. <laughs> they did not. I don't think they brought him back for Skywalker Saga, which is which is depressing. But that's that was the best well. one of the best parts of the original Lego Star Wars was yeah. that sound effect. Oh yeah, yeah. Him plus Boba Fett's gun too. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, unrivaled. Um, Okay, I'll, I'll do two more. I, I had six in the bolt barrel. I was just going to do three, but I guess I'll use all of them. Uh, what clone tr- trooper rifle utilizes Tabana gas? Is it a CD-1334, a GPO-23, a DC-16L, or a DC-15S? DC-16L, because I think that means large. Okay. What, what was the second one? A GPO twenty three. I'm gonna go with that one. Okay. Well, neither of y'all are correct. Oh. So do y'all want to try again and go for either a CD one three three four or a DC fifteen S? First one. Yeah, I think the first one. I don't think it's DC. <laughs> okay, y'all suck because oh, it's, it's actually DC fifteen S. Um, and DC fifteen blaster rifles are like kind of the standard ones. So okay. I actually did know that coming into this. Uh, last question. How fast could Count Dooku's speeder bike go at top speed? Is it, and this is in kilometers per hour, so apologies. Oh. But um, 692 kilometers per hour, 643 kilometers per hour, 634 kilometers per hour, or 690 kilometers per hour? I'm just going to say that's ridiculous that they would even ask that question. <laughs> what was the first one? The first one is 692 kilometers per hour. 690, because I think that they would make it a nice number. I think, obviously, this number has some significance. So read read them (laughs) one more time for me. Okay, 692 kilometers per hour, 643 kilometers per hour, 634 kilometers per hour, or 690 kilometers per hour. Maybe they made it 690. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Um, well, it is, I will say that it's not 690. Uh, so if y'all want to go between the other three, six, it's 692. What did you say? 643. 643. Okay. What do you think, John? The others are 692 and 634 and 643. 692. Y'all are once again, completely wrong. It's actually 634, um, which is really embarrassing for both of y'all. Y'all really suck. And that's yeah. kind of what I was hoping for from this segment. But then Jeb goes and goes three for three on the first three, and I have to go to my completely different document and read my other questions. Is that, is that like, I'm here for. Is that like George's wife's birthday or something? Oh, I have no idea. I don't think that it has any real significance, but I do commend you on trying to find yes, I do the, as well. the, uh, <laughs> the significance in it. I think that that's probably from some weird like character encyclopedia from 2006 or it's, something like yeah. that, where it's like, I don't know, like it's like, it's something weird, but yeah. Um, but yeah, that's super hard Star Wars trivia. 
And uh, now I have to find all new questions for next time, which is fantastic. <laughs> yay! Um, yay! How oh, fun! Um, but uh, make them harder next time too. You know. Go away. <laughs> um, but uh, do y'all uh, do y'all have any final thoughts before we get into the the quiz? No. The real quiz. We good? Good, good, good. Alrighty. Well, without further ado, let's dive into rank of master. You are on this council, but we do not grant you the rank of master. Alrighty. So if this is your first time listening to the podcast, then what this essentially is, is a quiz that I give to my guests every time uh, they come on the pod. You start out as a youngling, you move up a rank each time you pass a quiz. You go from youngling to Padawan to knight and then to master. Uh, and uh, if you are at the rank of master, then you have the ability to challenge me for the rank of grandmaster, which we will get to in a little bit. But first things first, John, this is your first time on the podcast. So you are currently a youngling. So you uh, will be getting our first quiz, which is the easiest quiz. Um, and essentially just some ground rules. I encourage my guests to sort of uh, talk through context surrounding their answers if uh, they don't know the answer off the top of their heads. Just give me some Star Wars adjacent topics um, just to show me that you know stuff about Star Wars. Even if you don't know that specific answer, that will definitely get you some partial credit. You can ask for context if you want. I may or may not give it to you. And uh, much like the real Jedi Council, I will allow my personal biases and opinions of you as a person sway my decision on whether or not to let you go to the next rank. So, John... Are you ready? Do you have any questions before we start? Uh, so do I just take one today? One just and done? One. Okay, perfect. Just one. Um, yeah. So you ready to start? Yeah. Alrighty. Question number one. What droid was Anakin creating during his time as a slave on Tatooine? Oh, no. I completely forgot. No, it's uh, my little friend C-3PO. It is. Yes. That is correct. You're one for one going into question number two, which is who is Palpatine's granddaughter? For purposes of my beliefs about Star Wars, I'll just call her Ray. That is what I wrote down. Yes. It's <laughs> just Ray. I will not um, add Skywalker to the end of it. Yeah, I, no, I, I will die it. on the hill of she should have called herself Ray Palpatine and owned it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's just me. Um, pretty and, major uh, theme in Star Wars, just like be yourself, you know. It was a major theme in that movie. It's yeah, literally a it's, motif in that movie is don't be afraid of who you are. And then it's like, oh yeah, I'm a Skywalker now. It's like that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, you are you are not a Skywalker, and you're a Palpatine, which is awesome. That's super cool, Ray Palpatine. That would have been that would have been dope. The greatest Sith Lord of all time, potentially, yeah, yeah. potentially. I mean, anyways, um, but uh, you're two for two going into question number three, which is what happens to Princess Leia's homeworld of Alderaan at the hands of the Empire in A New Hope? It gets blasted by a kyber crystallian laser beam from the Death Star. That is exactly correct. Yes, um, yes it gets destroyed by the Death Star as a sort of uh, message to be sent. Because, I mean, Alderaan was a very prominent world within it's a core world so yeah. it's very uh very prominent very prestigious within the republic so, or not the republic empire. the empire 
uh, and also the Republic. Are you qualified to be giving these questions if you're going to? No, that's what what I've been thinking. Well, I I mean, technically I wasn't wrong, but at the time of this question, it was. In the context, yes. Yes. Um, But anyways, uh, so it was was a pretty big deal that, that they blew it up. But all that said, John, you went three for three, which is pretty dang impressive. And I think that you definitely earned the rank of Padawan. So congratulations. How do you feel? I feel wonderful just getting started. My journey oh, yeah. will be long, but it will be hard fought. Oh yeah, and I okay. will take I will yeah. take master grandmaster. Someday, oh, yeah. right. I'll I'll be ready for you. It's 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 all good. But speaking of which, uh, Jeb, you are the rank of master, which means that you have the ability to challenge me for the rank of grandmaster should you choose to do it. So, do you choose to do it? This feels like in like in Black Panther, you know. Like whenever <laughs> Umbaku comes out, yeah. <laughs> ah, ooh, ooh. Mesa, yeah, ooh, ooh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So from from what I've gathered, your your um competence has kind of been slipping. Mm. And from what I've gathered, my question answering has just been <laughs> impeccable today. So I mean, that's that's actually you a know, good point. I um I think that it's time for a much much more powerful, much younger um, person to step into the role of Grandmaster. So I, I will challenge you. Do it. Power. <laughs> Arrogance. <laughs> a Jedi feels not these things. <laughs> um, okay. Very interesting. So we're going to have our first uh, Grandmaster challenge. And you'll need to stay tuned uh, for Monday's podcast for that. So we're recording this a bit in advance, but this is going to be happening on June 17th. And so the Monday after that, uh, Jeb will challenge me to the rank of Grandmaster. So uh, look forward to that. That's just a couple days away. And uh, that should be a very exciting time. So uh, I accept your challenge, of course. Yes. And uh, we will see who emerges victorious uh, from from the quagmire. Um, but, um, but yeah, exciting stuff. All righty. Uh, do you all have any final thoughts before I move into the more? I think I'm good. Good, good. Yeah. Yep. Excellent stuff. All righty. Uh, well, this wouldn't be a proper episode if, if I, uh, excuse me, this wouldn't be a proper episode if I didn't leave you with just a little bit more. All righty. So what I have for y'all today, with which John already kind of hinted at, is that the iconic score Duel of the Fates was actually inspired by a Celtic poem called The Battle of the Trees. So what the chorus sings is actually uh, lines from that poem. Um, so, yes. That is that is my more. And uh, do you have any extra insight on that, John, or is that is that really the extent of your knowledge as well? You know, last time I actually looked up what the words meant, I forgot about it completely. So that's that yeah, right. I don't have any extra, unfortunately. That's that's okay. Well, I'm impressed that you knew it because I didn't know it until earlier today. Whenever I looked it up, so um, so yeah, that's that's your little nugget of extra Star Wars knowledge. Um, Okay, final thoughts for the episode, or are y'all y'all about done? Um, Kenobi's been great. Kenobi has been great. We're three at, at the time of recording this. We are three episodes in. Uh, by the time this is airing, we'll be we'll be anticipating the last episode, I believe. So sad. Um, That's very sad. I know. We're already halfway stuff. through. Thinking about my happened. innocent future self. I know. Not knowing yeah. what's happened already. Just just not not ready. Not <laughs> yeah. ready at all. I'm, I wish they would um, take a month off. And just yeah, kind of let like us marinate. Yeah, that would be wild if they did a part one, part two. 
type release. Yeah. Yeah. Could not imagine. But uh but yeah, no, Kenobi is fantastic and hopefully it stays fantastic. Yeah. Um but that being said, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Twin Sun Talks. Uh subscribe on YouTube, Twin Sun Talks Podcast, follow and listen wherever you get your podcasts on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other platforms. And yeah. That's about it. You've taken your first steps into a larger world. May the force be with you, and I will see y'all in the next episode. Bye, friends.